With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI and KOST HD2. Los Angeles, Orange County. It's Monday and it's time to rise and shine. Here's Jennifer Jones-Lee with your morning wake-up call. Are you loving the rain as much as I am? I know, I know. A lot of people are like, oh gosh, let it end already. But here's the deal. We always want what we can't have, right? And normally, aren't we like, gosh, I hope we get more rain. We need more rain in California. Gosh, we need the rain. How many times have you had that conversation recently? So let's just look at this as, hey, look, we're finally getting the rain we want. (laughs) Oh, we are a funny people, aren't we? It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. That is obviously our top story. We've got this one more surge of what they're calling Pacific moisture that's going to drench us all through California throughout the morning. So we're going to get into that. I'll give you some details right now, just some sort of preliminary ones. Then coming up at 535, we'll talk with the National Weather Service meteorologist, Andrew Rourke, and he can really dig in in for us on rainfall totals that we've had from this last round of storms. Also, I want to ask him about the reservoirs. How are we with those? And are we uh, any closer to really putting a meaningful dent in the drought um, we'll get some snowpack information. Shh, don't tell Handel. I'm getting it before he does this morning. Ha ha. Also, Cruz had to spend part of the weekend because of this big storm cutting up a big oak tree that fell onto at least a dozen cars. They were just sitting at a shopping center in Woodland Hills. And it's Tree Talk Monday, apparently, because we had another big tree that fell in the Hollywood Hills area that ruptured a gas line, down some power lines, even damaged a home. Coming up at 5.05, we'll talk with ABC's Karen Travers. Did you hear about these more classified documents, five more of them, that were found in a place that belonged to President Biden? But this time around, it's not an office that he was in when he was vice president. A little more awkward. It was right in his own home. We'll find out what was found, who found it, and what happened next when we talk with Karen in just a couple of minutes. Let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom and some more details on this new or last surge, I guess you could call it, a Pacific moisture that's expected to drench California. Now, this after the state already saw more rain and gusty winds over the weekends. Check out this stat. Some parts of California have already received more rain in the past two weeks than they got in all of last year. President Biden, as you know, has approved the state's disaster declaration in response to the series of atmospheric rivers that have led to at least 19 deaths in the state. Some relief could come tomorrow as drier weather is finally in the forecast. But again, we're going to get that. We talk with the National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke coming up at 535. Oh, 
if you live in the Woodland Hills area, you know that sound because crews had to spend part of the weekend cutting up a huge oak tree that fell on at least a dozen cars at a shopping center. This man says he and his wife were in their car Saturday in Woodland Hills when he saw the branches start to fall. I just heard a big old thump and then followed with more thumps on top of the car. And uh, me and my wife, we just stayed in the car. People in the area helped them get out. Locals say the tree that fell was known as the old oak. Some estimate it was a few hundred years old. I don't know if any of you have been to Visa Tui Winery in St. Helena in Napa Valley. That's actually where I got married. And But we had gone there year after year. My family would go there every year. It was, it was a big deal. It was one of my favorite wineries, which is why I want to get married there, obviously. Anyway, there was a giant tree that everybody knew that was in the picnic area that was kind of the, the same thing. It was the gathering place or whatever, and that one went down. Honestly, when their pictures came down online, I've never gotten teary over a tree. I got teary over a tree. It was such a, a staple of this place, and to see it fall, and it too was because of all these storms, it just sort of broke your heart, you know? But this is, the ground is so saturated it's not a surprise. Now, the nation is pausing today to remember the life and work of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. It's the third Monday of January that is set aside by the country each year in observance of his birthday. So today, just a heads up, you've got federal and county offices closed in observance. Banks will also be closed and there will be no regular mail delivery. Well, gunshots have been reported during a robbery at a Macy's store in Baldwin Hills. Two robbers hit the store's jewelry counter yesterday and got away in a silver Lexus. There was no word of immediate injuries or anything like that, but we'll keep an eye on that one. Karen Travers, good morning to you. So let's talk about these documents, these additional classified documents now that have been found. Not this time in uh, President Biden's, who was then Vice President Biden's office, but this time around right there in his house. Yeah. So, you know, it's confusing. And just to try and make it as clear as possible, uh, we knew about this one page that had been found on Wednesday. And the president's lawyer said in a statement that uh, they found five more pages of classified information last Thursday when he was working with the Justice Department to hand over that one page classified document that had been found last week. Richard Sauber said that the personal attorneys for the president who don't have security clearances stop searching after discovering this document on Wednesday that had a classified marking in a room adjacent to the garage. We knew about that one. The White House had put that out in a statement last week. Sauber said on Saturday that because he has a security clearance, he went up to Wilmington on Thursday evening to facilitate handing that document over to uh, the, the, the White House personal, the president's personal lawyers had found that uh, he was going to work with the Justice Department to transfer that over. While they were doing that, while he was with Justice Department officials, five additional pages with classified markings were discovered among the material with it for a total now of six pages in this batch. Uh, The Justice Department officials who were with Sauber immediately took of those additional documents. So I think, you know, here's the thing here. They already knew about one page. There were five more pages that were then discovered as part of that last batch in the room adjacent to the garage. The question here is, 
That was Thursday when Sauber was in Wilmington, found those five documents. We had a briefing on Friday that didn't come up on Friday. The White House didn't put out the statement on Friday. It came out Saturday because there was a report about it. And, you know, this is, again, the question you and I had talked about last week about how transparent the White House is being on this, whether or not it's transparency because they're being prompted by reports. Uh, and what it is that they're putting out and when. And, you know, you look back at some of the quotes from Corinne Jean-Pierre last week, and she said, Friday, there's an ongoing process. We have spoken when it is appropriate. I think she's going to get a lot of tough questions this week about, you know, what they deem is appropriate and what is transparent to the Justice Department, but not necessarily transparent to the American public. Right. And that is the big question, I think, is the timing all of all of this. I thought it was interesting over the weekend that you had Congressman Adam Schiff from right here in Burbank, who was on ABC's This Week. And he said that the appointment of a special counsel to investigate this situation was the right move. And he noted that the AG has to make sure that justice is evenly applied. And you wonder if, you know, there are some members of Congress who feel like, oh, great. Now we have egg on our face because we went after former President Trump so hard about the classified documents that were at Mar-a-Lago. Now we've got President Biden who's got them as well. Guess we have no choice other than to go after him with the same vigilance that we did former President Trump. And it's really interesting to bring up Schiff, especially, you know, saying that uh, maybe there should be a congressional investigation. He said, I'd like to see Congress do its own assessment, get an assessment from the intelligence community about whether there was exposure to more of these documents, whether there was harm to national security on the case of either set of documents with either president. So saying, you know, okay, look, if we want to look at how this was done with former President Trump, if we said there were concerns about security risks there. Well, then let's look at it here, too. And I I think kind of getting at your point of if we want to uh, investigate the former president, well, we're going to have to do it with this one, too. And I think also trying to call out Republicans who have uh, so far shown very little interest in investigating former President Trump's handling of classified documents. You're seeing Democrats say, well, look, we'll show that we're willing to say maybe we should investigate the current president. Now you guys have to say you're willing to do the same about your guy, the former president. Absolutely. All right, Karen, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. See ya. That's ABC's Karen Travers. And it's so true. How do you walk this line on either side? So you're a Democrat and you were one of the ones who was, you know, how could We need to tar and feather that president. And, you know, it's horrible what he did. And and he had these classified documents and he knew and it was horrible. They were in his home. Oh, um, excuse me. What did you say? President Biden also had some in his house. Oh, damn. Now what? Right. Or you're on the Republican side. And you've said, do, 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 there's nothing to see here. Don't worry about these classified documents that were found at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. What are you talking about? It's not a thing. Don't worry about it. And then, wait, what? I'm sorry. Biden had them too. We need to go in and investigate and we need to lock him up, TFN. And no. How come your guys weren't important, but this guy's are important. This man's are important. See, I, oh, this is a toughie. 
if you have been one of the ones screaming to the rafters, you've got to figure out how you can either eat crow or you can say, you know what, I was wrong. And it is important that we go after classified documents. One way or the other, you have to say that your stance prior to this had been incorrect. Do you think most politicians are like, I'll be the first guy to raise my hand and admit I was wrong, please? Please. A man from Orange County has been arrested for allegedly killing his father at their home in Irvine. A friend of the father told police he stopped to check on the dad Saturday because he didn't show up for work. The friend said the 24-year-old son appeared disheveled and wouldn't let him in. Police found the father dead. They say they also found a knife that may have been used. The CHP is investigating a wrong way crash in Fontana that killed three people and injured three others. The highway patrol says someone driving a Ford sedan slammed into a Lexus SUV Sunday on the 210. Both drivers and a 16-year-old girl in the SUV were killed. Three survivors, including a five-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy, are in the hospital. In just a second, we're going to talk more about this with ABC's Tom Rivers. But Nepal's Civil Aviation Authority says the flight data and cockpit voice recorders have been retrieved from the site of a plane crash that killed 68 people. The twin-engine passenger plane crashed yesterday in a mountainous area. ABC News consultant Colonel Stephen Ganyard says Nepal is a dangerous place to fly, and the aviation in Nepal has a very poor safety record. Their safety performance is very low. They've had lots of crashes over the years. Their training is not to expected levels, and the way that they conduct themselves in flying is not up to standards in Europe or in the United States. The crash happened less than a minute after the plane's, or a minute from, I should say, the plane's destination on a mild day with calm winds. So what happened? We'll get into that with Tom Rivers in just a second. Well, an Italian news agency says film star Lola uh, Gina, Lola Brigida, has died at a clinic in Rome. She was 95. And did you watch last night the 28th Critics' Choice Awards handed out in Los Angeles? Who won? Variety reports Chelsea Handler hosted the awards show on The CW, where Everything Everywhere All at Once was named Best Picture, and the movie also got Best Director for Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner. Kate Blanchett won Best Actress for Tar, and Brendan Fraser was Best Actor for The Whale. Better Call Saul was named Best Drama Series. Last week, Tonight with John Oliver was Best Talk Show. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was named Best Animated Feature, and Jeff Bridges received a Lifetime Achievement Award. Mark Rahner, KFI News. So did you see LeBron? Holy cannoli, that guy is moving closer to the NBA's all-time scoring record. The L.A. Laker forward got 38,000 career points in the first quarter of last night's game against the 76ers. He is only the second player now in NBA history to reach 38,000. He joins Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We've got another surge of Pacific moisture that they're calling it. How about just a big old storm of rain? Do we have to get so technical? This after the state already saw all this rain and gusty wind over the weekend. What does your backyard look like? Mine looks like a play area for a dog who likes to jump around in mud puddles. That's what mine looks like. Some parts of California already have gotten more rain in the past two weeks than they got all of last year. President Biden has approved the disaster declaration for the state. We've had 19 deaths related to the storm so far. Some relief could come in the forecast as we do have drier weather finally on the way 
But we, I want to sure all this up with National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke. He's going to join me at 535 because I want to go over not just the rainfall totals, but also how do our reservoirs look? And in the forecast that I can see, which is just, you know, the same forecast that you can see, I don't see any rain in the forecast for the next week. But I want to know what these models look like as far as the rest of January and what we can sort of expect for the first part of this year. So we'll get into that with Andrew in just a few minutes. Also, we had gunshots reportedly during a robbery at a Macy's store in Baldwin Hills. Two robbers hit the store's jewelry counter yesterday. They got away in a silver Lexus. There were no immediate reports of injuries. Let's say good morning now to ABC's Tom Rivers. So, Tom, I just learned that the number is up to 69, the number of people who were killed in this crash right outside Nepal Airport. It was a Yeti Airlines flight. Tell me about this crash that happened just before this plane was supposed to land. And even as laymen, sometimes it's quite obvious what may have been the cause. This one, pretty unknown. You might have seen that uh, cell phone uh, video on social media. Uh, The plane is approaching this new airport, just a couple of uh, weeks old, literally, in Pucata, and it veers immediately, turns to the left, and a couple seconds later, a huge pall of black smoke. So we don't know if it's mechanical or human or whatever. We do know that uh, the two black boxes have been recovered, and they're said to be in good shape. So maybe, I guess, as, as many, many times, that's where the answer lies. Keep watching this in the coming weeks and months. Okay. Now, when it comes to this particular airport, I understand that it's got a a pretty shoddy safety record. Well, Kathmandu did. That's why they built this this new new airstrip uh, about 27 miles away. Very, very close. And uh, again, maybe it's, it could be something of the engine stalling. It could be a mechanical failure with part of the airframe it could be human error we this time we just don't know jen we have to wait and see okay um is there okay so we 69 deaths how many people survived this crash well it doesn't look like anybody did but uh, officially the the manifest said 72 crew and passengers so that leaves now three unaccounted for and if you've seen the crash site, it's down a, a very, very steep gorge, a ravine. And they literally, the rescue recovery personnel, have had to uh, rappel down to get to, uh, get to the bodies, get to the debris, et cetera, et cetera. So a very difficult place to work. So uh, these three, it could just be that they are still considered uh, missing, I guess, that, that the rescue crews have not been able to get to the bodies is kind of the assumption? Well, yeah, it's like it's a lot of these uh, kinds of stories. They're, they're, they're officially still missing, but as time goes on, uh, it, you know, it more and more looks like, you know, they're, they're going to have to look again for, for these three additional bodies if they can find them. Uh, that thing went up very, very quickly indeed. I know. So you've got the FAA investigating this. Um, how or what is the reputation, I guess, of the Nepalese um, uh, aviation as far as when there's a crash? How willing are they to help? How how uh, forthcoming are they with any information? That kind of thing. Are they easy to work with or yeah. is, is this a tough they're, crew? Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty easy to work with. But again, they have a, a pretty difficult safety record given the 
the old Kathmandu airport, you, know, you had to drop in there. Um, this one was said to have been an easier approach. So we'll see. But investigators, as I say, will look at these boxes. It was an ATR-72. Where does that come from? It's a plane manufactured jointly by Italy and France. There's quite a few of them around. Uh, it's a twin-engine turboprop, and uh, it's generally for domestic short-hop use. Uh, and this one had been in service for, what, about 15 years. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a new plane, but it's not uh, a very old plane either. So, uh, again, more question marks in that degree. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tom. Well, thank you for at least giving us, you know, what surface information we've got. And uh, I look forward to learning more about this because I did see that video. And it is I, it's horrific to watch, to know what happened mm. next. And um, just the jarring and the veering of the plane to the left so quickly. Yeah. And that's just it. You don't know. Did it, it was it pilot error? Was it something worse? Was it just an engine failure? So, I mean, something went squirrely, and when it happened, it happened fast. So it'll be interesting to yeah, see sir. what – go ahead. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and again, it wasn't like – you know, sometimes you can say, ah, an engine was on fire. You can see the smoke. Right. Uh, you can't see anything like that in this particular video. No, it's just all of a sudden, just boom, it just turns left, and that's it. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's one of these that you can't even say, like, people saw, heard sputtering, or they, you know, nothing. So, sure. thank you, Tom. I appreciate exactly. it. Take care. See ya. That's ABC's Tom Rivers. Well, we had another crazy uh, airplane-related uh, incident, but this one far less dramatic than the other one, or, or sad than the other one. Air traffic controllers in New York had to help avert a collision between two planes at JFK Airport. The FAA says it was a Delta Airlines flight that was headed down the runway for takeoff Friday when controllers noticed, oh, there's another plane departing in that jetliner's path. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff clearance. This man was on that Delta flight. I'm just very grateful that the judgment calls that air traffic control made and that our pilot made were the right ones. Oh, gosh, yes. The Delta plane ended up within 1,000 feet of the American Airlines plane. <clears throat> nope. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That would have scared the mud out of me. A thousand feet? Way too close. An L.A. County Sheriff's deputy has died from an apparent medical emergency while he was driving in Torrance. The deputy was going east on West Carson Street last night when he crashed. There were no other vehicles or people involved. The deputy died at the hospital. There is an autographed Kobe Bryant jersey that's going up on the auction block at Sotheby's. Now, it's the MVP season from 2007 to 2008. And he apparently, if you look at that image of Kobe Bryant where he's kind of holding the jersey. Sotheby says this jersey is synonymous with that image of Kobe Bryant. He's wearing it, but he's kind of like pulling on it, holding it. So for that reason, because this is the jersey that is synonymous with the 
kind of world's image, I guess you will, of Kobe Bryant, it is expected to get up to $7 million for an autographed jersey of Kobe. I honestly, I was like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. All right, so here's what happened last night. My neighbors, Cupcake and Pink Cheeks, as I call them, Paul and Stephanie, uh, they came across the street. He calls me and he says, hey, we've got something for you. Special delivery. I said, okay. So they come across the street and it's a t-shirt to what I did not know is affectionately known as Meathead Jim. Who is the last person in the world that you could see working out at Gold's Gym? That'd be this guy, right? Well, anyway, they say to me, guess what we did? And guess where you're going? You're going with us to Gold's Gym. We what? What? Have you ever had that moment where you're excited? You're like, wow, I can't believe that somebody did this for me. But you're also like, Oh, I am so intimidated. This sounds like the worst idea in the world. Anyway, the two of them are in such wonderful shape and they are planning on helping me to get into great shape as well. But I have ne- I've never been so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know that sounds really dumb. It's one thing to do a challenge with them where I'm like, okay, 30 minutes a day, we're going to do a cardio workout. You know, great. I can do that right here in my living room. And I do on my rowing machine, watching old episodes of Murder, She Wrote. I'm not too proud to admit that. It's fine. But when somebody says, hey, we want you to go to the gym and actually work out with us with people who are muscles and, and you know, are not sweating and they're pretty when they're on the treadmill and whatever, And here I am in my Target workout clothes and my, you know, and my sketchers and my hair is all crazy and I'm I'm sweating and I look like, you know, I'm about to die. Oh my gosh, am I nervous? Anyway, it's going to be fine. I'll try anything once, as I said. I mean, I hope to go more than once, obviously, but still. Anyway, I just figured I would share my moment of, wow, this is great. And I'm so grateful. And they are I mean, they're the best neighbors I've ever had. It's amazing. However, am I nervous and uncomfortable? Oh, God, yes. The White House has announced the discovery of even more classified documents at President Biden's home in Delaware. So now you've got congressional Republicans who say, hey, who had access to these records? And even the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee says, yeah, I want to see the documents and the communication related to these searches So now you have both sides of the aisle because you had former President Trump and you had a lot of Democrats who were screaming, how in the world did he have these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? But even they now are having to say, wait a minute. Now, our our guy, you know, President Biden, he, too, had classified documents at his home. I think the big question for me is, is this more common than we would like to think? Like if we were to wander over to uh, George W. Bush's house right now and be like. Hello, G-Dub. How's it going? Hey, can we look in your uh, files? Is he going to have something? If we were to wander over to former President Clinton's house and say, Hello, Mr. Clinton, what's up? Can we see your uh, office? Is he going to have classified documents? Is this a more common, I don't even want to say problem, but is this a more common occurrence than we know? I'm just curious. 
And uh, so hopefully that becomes a little more transparent as this investigation goes on. Well, Cruz had to spend part of the weekend cutting up this big oak tree that fell onto at least a dozen cars at a shopping center in Woodland Hills. And I want to talk now with National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke, because, Andrew, you talked about this last week, the saturation in the ground, the fact that we expected down trees and power lines and things like that. And, man, you looked into your weather crystal ball and you nailed it. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, um, you know, all sorts of rain here. The good news is today's rain um, is is not it, it is effective because of so much of uh, so much previous rain. But we're not looking for any big downpours, no big dangerous downpours today. So we're just going to get a lot of little showers today with a light rain. Um, but like you say, still causing problems because the ground is already so wet and it's kind of windy too. There, which uh, you know the trees with a bad root system, the wind and the rain can make them fall over. I thought it was interesting this weekend. It was just so steady. It wasn't like a downpour heavy rain. It just seemed like, okay, it's just going to sort of rain all day. Don't get me wrong. I kind of loved it because I felt like it gave me an excuse to do nothing. But it just it just felt like a, a nice, gentle, steady rain. And at least was that good for the fact that we are so saturated? But hopefully because it was just sort of a light, steady rain, we didn't have those downpours that would cause, cause mudslides. Absolutely. That was the nice. The, what really causes the mudslides and the debris flows and all the real problems are when all that rain comes in down all at once. Um, because then there's just no, the soil can't absorb it. It just all runs off and just all goes, goes bad places and does bad things. So the nice light 12 hours of steady rain, um, you know, it's going to run off because, uh, because the ground is saturated, but it's not going to do a lot of damage. It's going to kind of flow kind of slowly. So just a soggy weekend, but yeah, for the most part, we kind of dodged the bullet. It's uh, not a lot of not problems for sure, but not, not as many as we've gotten if it's all fall, falling like it usually does in one big two, three hour clump. Okay, that is great news. Now, you were talking about the runoff, which makes me then think of the reservoirs. How are we doing as far as our reservoirs go in California? Have you had any uh, updated estimates from that? Uh, they're all doing well. They're all they're all climbing. They're still um, they were so, so very low that that they're not um, they're not, I think they've gone for like some of the one I heard went from 15 percent up to 40 percent. So, you know, it's got a lot long way to go, but it's um, it's doing good. And still only uh, mid-January, so we've still got uh, February. I do have to say that we're looking at some dry conditions moving in, which I think we could use a little bit of dry, dry, a couple of days of dry weather. Um, hopefully, the storms do come back later the month or early February and we can get them up a little bit. So, no, um, you know, certainly we're not going to say drought's over, but then the reservoirs aren't full. But we're getting there. They're going up, and that's the direction we want them to head. I saw um, an estimate that said some parts of California have gotten more rain in the past two weeks than they got in all of last year. Have you heard that as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, well, if, you know, it's not it's not that big a bar to clear since the last two years were so dry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're that. And, um, this, uh, and the really good news for all of California is the Sierra snowpack is over 200% of normal right now. Um, it, all these storms have been doing nothing but good. Um, not totally rescuing us from our from our water worries, but you know, doing great things. So up and down the state, um, nothing but you know, long term good news, short term bad news. All the flooding and all the damage it's caused. But um, looking into the future, we're going to get those reservoirs filled up and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, at least make a big dent in the drought. I had to turn my mic off. I was laughing so hard when you were basically like. Look, Jen, the uh, weather bar was set really low last year, so don't get excited about this being more rain than we got in all of last year. That was fantastic. So um, 
When it comes to now, explain to me something. I When you look at, you hear that thing of, oh, look at this Sierra snowpack. It's over 200% of normal. Wait, we still have a huge drought. And people go, hold on a second. How do those two balance out? I don't understand. So explain to me that. How can we have a 200% plus snowpack, yet we are still in a drought? Well, we had, we're trying to, we can't really beat back 10 years of sub, of, of, of below normal rainfall well below normal rainfall with one with one month of rain i mean it's just not um it's just not possible so it's you know it, it's going to take you know it took a we, we we dried out for 10 years it's going to take a few years of uh coming back in um a little bit of good news from the climate prediction center they are now forecasting um a neutral uh neutral sea conditions um it's going up from la nina to neutral and by next fall, they're forecasting El Nino to come back. So perhaps we're going to get two, two wet winters in a row. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that is the best news ever. Okay, before I let yeah. you go, just give me the forecast, if you would, for, say, this week and, and next week or as far out as you can see, so this drier weather that's on the way. Okay, today um, today's going to be cloudy with periods of rain. Um, nothing hard, nothing nothing really to worry about, but it's just going to be kind of wet, nuisance, nuisance rain, still uh, still helping filter as far as so that's good. Tonight, um, cold air comes in. Uh, people plan to travel through the mountains, uh, especially after midnight, may have to worry about seeing a little snow in the grapevine. So if anyone traveling mountain traveling tonight, um, you know, check tech conditions ahead of time because there might be some snow and some really cold, cold air coming in. Um, showers will be ending by dawn Tuesday. And then partly cloudy skies and dry. Um, and then pretty much uh, we're looking for dry weather, at least through the weekend. Um, these cold temperatures we're having, they're not going anywhere. We're going to be staying below normal temperatures uh, through next weekend um, and really cold through Friday with some warming for Saturday and Sunday. But still, we're not, probably people won't be even seeing 70 degrees for, you know, for at least the next seven days. Wow. All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. You're awesome as always. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again very soon. Okay, no problem. <laughs> All right, see you later. You. Good to talk yep, to you, bye too. Bye. bye. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke. How freaking funny. Hey, so we've got more rain than we have all of last year. Yeah, the bar's low, Jen. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. All right, uh, I have a question for you. Do you know which actor says he was paid to narrate. It was a movie that came out in 1974. Yes, 1974. A certain actor says he was paid to narrate. I'll give you this hint. This horror movie in 1974 and was not paid in cash, but in a different... mm, Shall we say green currency? I'm going to just let you simmer with that one. So which actor says he was paid to narrate a 1974 horror movie and was paid in a green currency other than dollars? Other than cheddar? Other than simoleons? I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, TMZ, actually, I think this is the New York Post that is reporting Lisa Marie Presley's 14-year-old twin daughters could end up in this really rough custody battle between their father and some other relatives. 
So Michael Lockwood, who is the dad of Finley and Harper, um, who lost their mom, Lisa Marie, when she died of cardiac arrest last week at the age of 54, he told TMZ, it'll be a cold day in hell before I give up custody of those kids. Lisa Marie Presley had 60% custody of the twins. When she died, he had 40%. Now, under California law, Lockwood would ordinarily get full custody. But here's where things get super sticky. Lisa Marie's first husband, Danny Kehoe, who was the father of her first two kids, was living with her and the twins when she died. So he sees himself as the girl's stepdad. And he wants it to stay that way. So now, Kehoe and Lockwood, by the way, um, are not drinking buddies. They are not pals, according to this report. And in part, because I guess there was some really bad blood that was stirred up during Lockwood and Presley's five-year divorce battle. And there were all kinds of charges of drug abuse and child abuse that were tossed around. So Kehoe apparently does not like Lockwood, but now also says, hey, wait a minute. I was the one who was living with the girls at the time when Lisa Marie died. You only had 40% custody of them. I deserve custody of the girls. And Lockwood says, wait a minute. They're my flesh and blood. And I had 40% custody of them when Lisa Marie died. So, of course, they should come to me. Well. Now we will see what happens. I just hope for those 14-year-old girls, they just lost their mom. Guys, if you're listening, and I know I'm sure you are, right? But seriously, let's make life as easy on those twin girls as possible, you know? Let's not drag them through some major custody battle. They just lost their mom. Let's keep remembering that. All right, so which actor says he was paid to narrate a 1974 horror movie in something other than green cash? John Larroquette, Night Court, John Larroquette, says he was paid to narrate the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974 in Weed. He was talking to Parade Magazine, and they asked him if that Rumor was true. And he says, totally true. He gave me some marijuana or a matchbox. This was the director he's talking about. He gave me some marijuana or a matchbox or whatever you called it in those days. And I walked out of the recording studio and patted him on the backside and said, good luck to you. According to this report, Larroquette and the director became friends when John Larroquette was working as a bartender in 1969. And then apparently the director heard that John Larroquette was in town and said, oh, hey, I need somebody to narrate this movie that I'm doing. Do you want to do it? And he was like, yeah, sure. But apparently at the time, in the 70s, as John Larroquette said, you do something for free in the 70s and you get a little money in the 90s. So that's why back in the 70s, I made weed. And in the 90s, when I narrated the sequels, I actually made money. But I think it's hilarious. He also says I'm not really a big fan of horror movies. He's like Jamie Lee Curtis. She said, too. Remember how she's in all the Halloween movies and she's like, I'm not a big fan of uh, the horror movies. And uh, but anyway, I just think it's hilarious. He got paid in weed. 
Well, I guess Granny knows best, Jim Ryan. Good morning to you. All these fancy new recipes that we see pop up on Instagram and, hey, take this supplement and do this. Grandma's like, I told you way back in the past you need one thing when it comes to having the sniffles. Uh, chicken soup. Two words, chicken soup. And, yeah, because the ingredients in chicken soup, if you think about it, it makes sense, Jennifer. You've got the protein from the chicken, a little bit of carbohydrates from the uh, noodles or the rice, the, the liquid of the broth itself, some vegetables. It's all stuff that your body needs to heal and to recover from something like the common cold. There, there is scientific backing to some of this showing that the, uh, the, the chicken soup helps to prevent the spread of something called neutrophils through your body, which are, are intended to help fight infection, but which also cause a sore throat and a stuffy nose. And so you, you still do have the, the, the bacteria on board, but uh, these neutrophils aren't traveling out to make you feel miserable. And then the broth, I guess, also kind of helps restore your, what, your hydration and your exactly. electrolytes. Right. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, most chicken soup has a lot of salt in it. But, yeah, that's a good way to try to restore some of your hydration. Any any fluid is better than no fluid, especially if you have a cold. And so stuff you're trying to avoid on a normal day, if you feel okay, like uh, carbohydrates, like fat, the kind of fat that comes from meat. Um, you know, these are things that still your body needs when it's trying to battle a cold. And that's it. I think you're constantly thinking to yourself, oh, gosh, I don't want to have any fat or salt or whatever yeah. because, you know, my body's going through something right now. Eh, maybe that's not the moment to deprive yourself of anything. Plus, if you think about it, when it comes to the hydration part of it, I was I was thinking, oh, yeah, if you have a fever or something, you're sweating. So you're sweating yes. out the salt and, all, and the water and all of that. So that only makes sense that you would eat the chicken soup to replenish that. Right, yeah, and, and medical research is showing that. But there's also this, the non-medical side of this whole thing. There's the, there's the psychological side of it, and they've looked at this too. Your mom, your grandmother, your spouse, whoever it is, your roommate, you're lying there in bed not feeling so great. They bring you a bowl of chicken soup, and you simply feel better. You feel cared for. And even that sense of well-being can help your body to heal somewhat. So, yeah, it's not just the the ingredients and the neutrophils and all this. It's also just the, the, the sense that, you know what, somebody actually cares. Uh, it's true. I didn't even think of the, like, the psychological part of that. But you're right. It is the, the chicken soup is kind of that hug, I guess, that yes. you think you need. When you're feeling, you know, when we're, we all get wimpy, let's be honest, when yeah, we get a cold, sure. you know, we become little kids again. Right. And so anything that can make us feel like, oh, somebody's <laughs> taking care of us, that feels good. It does, yeah. Some of us uh, have a, a, a shorter threshold than others when it comes to, <laughs> to feeling bad for ourselves. But Stop uh, yeah. looking at me like that. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Stop now, come on. <laughs> Talking about myself. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it makes sense. It's, some of these studies have been going back to about 2,000, but probably for hundreds of years, people have just assumed that, yeah, my grandmother's chicken soup makes me feel better. And uh, there's some evidence to back that up now. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. Right. I appreciate it. See you. See you later. Hey, Tyler, are you there? You and I, I were just having this uh, matzo ball soup discussion. So tell me about matzo ball soup specifically, because I got to admit, before I started on the show, I'd never had it before. So matzo balls are, the best way that I can describe them is like a, hmm, I'm trying to draw a comparison as far as like texture goes. Think of it like a meatball. Or yes. I think Bill's going to jump in here too. Oh yeah, think, think I of am. It like a Think of it like a, like a bread meatball where it's like dense as you go through it. It's kind of softer on the outside because it expands 
as it sits in the water when you boil it. But as you go through it and get to the center, it gets a little more dense and dense. It's not super dense in the middle, but it's much more dense on the inside than it is on the outside. And it's kind of like a bread texture. And then it sits in the soup. And typically you'll put like noodles and carrots and celery in the in the soup. Some people tend to put chicken in there as well, like Jim mentioned, for the protein. Um, but we refer to it as the Jewish penicillin. And, <laughs> and to, be, to be honest with you, it really does make you feel better when you eat it. Yeah, let me uh, put it in... Uh... Uh, the easiest terms to understand. Take cardboard, put it through a cross-cut <laughs> shredder, put some kind of binder in it, and boil it. There's your matzo ball. Don't forget the salt. you got to add a little salt in there, too. Yeah. Oh, guys, you're making me want this more and more. And Tyler uh, Tyler says, Handel, that Brent's matzo ball soup, that's it. That's the only one you should ever try, yeah, ever have. It's excellent. I'll it really admit is. that Jerry's Deli did have a very good matzo ball they soup, did. but unfortunately Jerry's isn't around You're anymore. absolutely right. That's the one thing. Even yeah. though it was $46 that's for right. a bowl, yeah. it was still <laughs> They could have charged double that. I would have paid it. Yeah. This is KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. That guy who defined matzo ball soup. So um, beautifully there. He'll be up in just a second with Handle on the News. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.